Chapter 5 The Original Constitution of Rome The Roman House Father and mother, sons and daughters, home and homestead, servants and chattels. Such are the natural elements constituting the household in all cases, where polygamy has not obliterated the distinctive position of the mother. But the nations that have been most susceptible of culture have diverged widely from each other in their conception and treatment of the natural distinctions which the household thus presents. By some, they have been apprehended and wrought out more profoundly, by others more superficially. By some, more under their moral, by others, more under their legal aspects. None has equaled the Roman in the simple but inexorable embodiment in law of the principles pointed out by nature herself. The Housefather and His Household The family formed a unity. It consisted of the free man who, upon his father's death, had become his own master, and the spouse whom the priests, by the ceremony of the sacred salted cake, confariatio, had solemnly wedded to share with him water and fire, with their son and son's sons, and the lawful wives of these, and their unmarried daughters and son's daughters, along with all goods and substance pertaining to any of its members. The children of daughters, on the other hand, were excluded, because, if born in wedlock, they belonged to the family of the husband, and, if begotten out of wedlock, they had no place in a family at all. To the Roman citizen, a house of his own and the blessings of children appeared the end and essence of life. The death of the individual was not an evil, for it was a matter of necessity. But the extinction of a household or of a clan was injurious to the community itself, which in the earliest times, therefore, opened up to the childless the means of avoiding such a fatality. It is no part of our present task to consider the Roman deities in detail, but it is important, even in an historical point of view, to call attention to the peculiar character at once of shallowness and of fervor that marked the Roman faith. Abstraction and personification lay at the root of the Roman as well as of the Hellenic mythology. The Hellenic as well as the Roman god was originally suggested by some natural phenomenon or some mental conception, and to the Roman, just as to the Greek, every divinity appeared a person. This is evident from their apprehending the individual gods as male or female from their style of appeal to an unknown deity, be thou god or goddess, man or woman, and from the deeply cherished belief that the name of the proper tutelary spirit of the community ought to remain forever unpronounced, lest an enemy should come to learn it, and calling the god by his name should entice him beyond the bounds. A remnant of this strongly sensuous mode of apprehension clung to Mars in particular, the oldest and most national form of divinity in Italy. 
but while abstraction, which lies at the foundation of every religion, elsewhere endeavoured to rise to wider and more enlarged conceptions, and to penetrate ever more deeply into the essence of things, the forms of the Roman faith remained at, or sank to, a singularly low level of conception and of insight. While in the case of the Greek every influential motive speedily expanded into a group of forms and gathered around it a circle of legends and ideas, in the case of the Roman the fundamental thought remained stationary in its original naked rigidity. The religion of Rome had nothing of its own presenting even a remote resemblance to the religion of Apollo investing earthly morality with a halo of glory, to the divine intoxication of Dionysus, or to the Catonian and mystical worships with their profound and hidden meanings.